brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved, Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. is Cougar Sports with Ben Criddle on ESPN 960. And it's time for Keeping Up with the Cougars. Brought to you by DentalProsOfUtah.com. Welcome back, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. This is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Criddle, broadcasting live from our Wasatch Medical Clinic, WasatchMedicalClinic.com studios. It is time for Keeping Up with the Cougars. Always brought to you by Dental Pros of Utah, DentalProsOfUtah.com. If you are in the market for a great dentist, great dental care, then hit up my guys, my gals over at Dental Pros of Utah, dentalprosofutah.com. What do they do there? They specialize in biomimetic techniques. These are minimally invasive techniques to rebuild your teeth layer by layer so you don't have to settle for fake teeth later on in life. You can get the best dental care known to man at dentalprosofutah, dentalprosofutah.com. They will take care of you. Just something I was thinking of, Ben. Yesterday I was... Uh, watching a little BP at BYU baseball practice. Oh, yeah. How was that? Good, good. I um, was watching that. It was a little cold, so we, I was up in the press box talking to Duff Tittle of BYU Sports Information. We were discussing how things will change for BYU uh, with this new relationship with the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Some of the things they have to change or be at, be uh, adjusted, that kind of thing. Yep. He said, you know, we've had – I don't think people really appreciate the kind of relationship that we've had with ESPN over the the years of these independents. Yes. He said, I can get on the phone and I can call the president of college football programming and we can discuss and get something taken care of. He says, now with the Big 12, I've got like three layers of guys I got to go through to get things done. So I was just laughing with him like, yeah, they're discussing something. Duff goes, no, I already talked to ESPN. They're fine with it. (laughs) You know, so he's going to have to, that's one of the things, and there'll be tons of things that that is as far as, you know, uh, number of seats a number of fans coming to games, all that kind of thing. But just the relationship that BYU's had with ESPN has been so unique and so interesting over the last 10 or 11 years as far as the independence goes. Uh, thank Lavelle Edwards for that, for one. But it's been a good relationship for both sides. That's what Duff said, too, is ESPN's benefited from BYU. Oh, yeah, they've made money off BYU. they made money off it. It's not just yes. a one-way relationship. 
it's been a it's been a symbiotic relationship. Absolutely, you yes. want all of your relationships to be symbiotic. Yes, like if it's strictly transactional, not going to last. Yeah, if it's truly symbiotic, it'll last. It'll 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 feel good for That's both sides. That's why it's lasted. That's why it's lasted. Yep. And uh, and they're somewhat reunited with the Big Twelve, I guess. I know ESPN and Fox going to be broadcasting all those Big Twelve games, and so they still get the BYU content, and I'm sure they're going to make money off of that too, yes. which is great. Um, Still waiting to see what the Pac-12 is going to do. We've been talking about it, but I want to transition over to talk some hoops. Um, and uh, we're going to talk with a former BYU great, the uh, uh, one of the greatest to have done it, the all-time leading scorer in BYU basketball history, get his perspective on BYU basketball to the Big 12 and how they're going to finish off their season. Uh, I'm hoping that a miracle happens in the West Coast Conference and they uh, – they're just, they shocked the world in the West Coast Conference Tournament. Let's welcome in uh, my man, Tyler Haas, to the show. What's up, Ty? How you living, man? Doing great, Ben. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Hey, I appreciate you hopping on, brother. Uh, first and foremost, let's talk about BYU basketball in the Big 12. If, if you're a current member of this BYU basketball team, right, you're not having a great year, right? You're, you're competitive. You've lost a lot of close games. You've won a lot of close games, too. But, um, you know, you had your, your ups and downs, there's no doubt. One of the, by the way, one of the worst records, the second worst record, I think, since, what, 2004 in conference play? Not very good, right? Not, not great. You know, how are you viewing this move to the Big 12? Are you a little bit, like, anxious? You're like, man, we got to get better. How do we get better? Like, give me your thought process if you're making that move, if you're on this roster. Yeah, I mean – just from from being being a fan now, uh, you know, I think Cougar Nation feels the same as I do. There's a lot of anxiety. I hate mm-hmm. moving into the Big Twelve. We, there's lots of areas that this team needs to get better at, and you know, you feel the urgency. I mean, yeah. th- there might be eight teams this year from the Big Twelve that are in the tournament, right? And so, I mean. If, if BYU doesn't find a way to fine-tune some things and, you know, add some pieces and, you know, it, it's it's very likely that you, you finish, you know, bottom two or three spots of the pack next year. And so, but, you know, I, I think Pope and, and his, his staff are very aware of all of those things and the possibilities of, of those things happening. Um, but... You know, I've, I've said this for a while, like, this is a young team. It's a it's a growing team um, that, you know, we, we've seen guys like Dallin Hall that this is their first experience in college basketball, and, and they've had to grow up really, really fast. And we've seen some amazing things out of him and winning some close games. And, and so I think if you're on this roster, one, I mean, there's, there's still a lot to prove uh, in, in this season. I mean, you got you're fighting for your life. I mean, uh, Pope. If there's one thing about his rosters that we've seen the last few years, there's a lot of turnover. And I mean, guys are transferring. There may be guys, some guys that are pushed out. And so, I mean, if you're on this team, you shouldn't feel safe that you're just going to be there mm-hmm. next year in the Big Twelve. I mean. You got to fight for for every every piece of court time and and your spot on the floor and so, but I, I think I think a lot of these these players feel that urgency and you know 
it's been interesting to watch this year, the ups and downs. Um, they've, they've always responded in a good way to, to some really tough moments. Um, they've had some good wins, some really bad losses, but for the most part, they, they've stayed together and, uh, but they definitely, uh, they definitely have to get better. There's lot, lots of room for improvement. Um, but I, I think they're, they're not as far off as everybody thinks. I mean, you look at some of the games, yeah, San Diego State, the Gonzaga games, St. Mary's games. I mean, these are quad one, really high-level games, and BYU's playing them as well as they can right now and competing and having chances to win those games. Uh, there's no excuse. I, I'll, listen, you know, Ben, a loss is a loss, right? Mm-hmm. But they're they're competing and they're right there in those games. And you know, losing can can make you feel like you're so far off the mark. And I don't I don't feel that they are this year. I don't feel like it's it's like that. I mean, you're you're five or six wins away and really close losses. I mean, you're you're five or six wins away from from being in the tournament and I realize that sounds like a total BYU homer but uh, I want to believe that they're they're close to uh, being ready for the Big 12. So I want to dig down into that a little bit as far as how far away they are. I don't know if you've noticed but Mark Pope is kind of a stream of consciousness uh, answer guy when it comes to post game <laughs> and so as a, as a media member i'm digging through that trying to find a good quote from my story but i came across something the other night after they lost to gonzaga that i wanted to ask you about um he's talking about you know we know how they've played a lot of close games um of their 12 losses 10 have been single digits they have those close losses to gonzaga twice and st mary's he says it might seem like an easy concept, but there's so much that these guys are thinking about and dealing with as well as the momentum and pressure in the moment to be able to lock in on the thing that's most important in the moment. Mm-hmm. As a basketball player, you, you are always counted on from high school to college to kind of make that play down the stretch, and you mm-hmm. did it a lot of times. How, how do you dial in on locking in on the thing that's most important in the moment? How do you do that? You know, it, it, it's a great, great question and, and a great thought. Um, I think it's something that is developed definitely over time. It's something that you have to learn the hard way sometimes um, because, you know, especially as a freshman, especially as someone that maybe hasn't gotten as much court time, like you get it, you get put in those situations and, and your mind starts racing, Right. You know, they, they call it the monkey mind where your, your thoughts are just bouncing all over the place and and you get lost a little bit in in what play you have to make and just executing the little things, right? Like, I have to set a good screen here. I have to, you know, I have to get a piece of, you know, this guy's body to, to get my, my guy coming off free. Like, just little things like that that I feel like have been lost. I mean... You look at the Gonzaga game at home and the plays that needed to be made down the stretch, the mistakes that that were made, and that though that comes to mind when Pope's talking about getting lost. It's like racing to get the ball inbounds, and and you throw it away, and they Gonzaga makes you pay and hits a three in the corner, and all of a sudden, you know your your seven or eight point lead gets cut down, and and 
really you start scrambling a little bit and you know it's about staying locked in what has to be done right now i i have to get open i have to go get the ball with two hands and and then they're gonna foul and then i make free throws like you know i i feel like sometimes in my career i would get too far ahead of myself of what needed to happen and and that's when things don't go the way that you want you know got to stay locked in you have to trust your training trust um trust the plays that you've worked on trust uh the work that you've put in and then and then just play right stay locked in and try it try and focus on one thing at a time and and i think We've seen that with this team over and over again, especially down down the stretch, right? The last five or six minutes when you just really need to execute on getting the ball up the court, getting into your set, staying aggressive, like, you know, just the, the fine details. Um, but I, I think it's, it's easy for a young player to get caught up in, in the crowd, in, you know, not making a mistake, in um, – and you get lost in actually what is most important. And, you know, that's where this BYU team's trying to improve, uh, trying to get better from a, a mental perspective. But unfortunately, some of those lessons have to come um, just by, by way of experience and learning and growing. Um, and so I hope that this is kind of a silver lining in this year that, uh, you know, they've been put in so many tough situations and some have gone their way and and lots of times it hasn't gone their way and so finding a way to execute down the stretch stay in the moment um will be certainly key going into next year yeah it's interesting ty because a couple of days after that first gonzaga loss mark pope told us that after byu missed the free throw just before they gave up that three-pointer to strother that won it he said, we didn't even match up running down to the other end of the court. Yeah. It wasn't all on Jackson Robinson for not getting out on his on, on Strother because nobody had matched up going back. And that, that seems like a very simple thing that you always do, but they hadn't been in that particular situation, and they maybe had a little of a, a bit of a brain lock. And not to pick on Jackson, but you know he fouled Strother, BYU down two with 30 seconds left in the game up in Spokane. <laughs> You can't. You, I mean, you talk about don't foul a jump shooter. You can't foul a three point shooter in that stage mm-hmm. of the game, and 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 so those are the kind of things as far as making the plays in the moment. That, like you said, maybe it's just a matter of these guys have to be in those situations to learn it, so the next time they're in it, they can make it. Mm-hmm. But it's a frustrating thing. Uh, Mark Pope was super frustrated the other night when they lost to Gonzaga because they were right in that game, and they mm-hmm. and they had an opportunity to win it. It's just the plays down the stretch that's that's the problem for them. So uh, they they have some guys who've been through it, some guys who haven't. Um, how how do they? I guess as a, as a player, did you pa- try to pass that along to the younger guys, especially in those critical situations? Because it's almost like the the quote from John Wooden where he says, uh, "You know, be quick but don't hurry." Well, how do you do that? <laughs> Right, because it's you want to be fast, but you want to go too, too fast. So finding that mm-hmm. equal that equal spot, I guess, is the, the the trick. But how did you try to pass that along, maybe to younger guys, because you've been through those things? Yeah, yeah you know, it, it takes time. Like I, I think I learned a lot. I mean, I can remember so many situations where I'm sitting in a film room, right, with with Pope, 
who was an assistant in my time, and he's talking me through the last couple of minutes. Like I, I remember specifically a play at San Francisco. My had to have been my sophomore year. Really close game. You know, similar thing. We're trying to close it out and drawing up a play for me to get the ball. They have to foul. I think we were up three or four, and you know, I caught it. And instead of just being strong and and having them foul me, right? Because we were up, I immediately caught it and turned to dribble and dribbled it right off my foot and like such a a boneheaded play but it's like that was something that we had talked about it's like tight you need to understand time and situation and what they're what they're going to do they're going to foul you they have to foul you Mm. so for you to turn and just dribble right away that's not that's not helping yourself and and so I think some of it's film room. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, some of it is is leadership out on the court, right? Veteran guys like Gideon and Rudy and Spencer Johnson, these guys that have, have been there have to pull their guys together and be like, we need a stop, okay? Execute on, execute on these screens. Let, let's get the ball inbounds. They're going to foul, right? Yelling at your guys those last couple of minutes, um, to stay locked in and, and just give simple direction on what needs to happen. I, I think those are some things that, you know, I, those, and I, I'm not discrediting those guys. Those guys have, are good leaders and have helped their team stay together during some really tough moments. Um, but I, I'd like to see some, uh, some of that down the stretch, right? Pulling these younger guys in and uh, you know, talking through what, what needs to be executed. Um, and so I think it's a, a combination of a bunch of things. Unfortunately, it's experience, and you hope that you're able to talk through some of those things uh, after a win, right, instead of a loss. It's always better to learn from a win. Like that example I said at San Francisco, I, I remember us winning the game. But, you know, we, we went back and talked through it and – it's just, it's, you know, Coach Pope has said it almost after every game. We, we got to get better, got to get better. But those are the, those are the details that Pope is very, very good at. And I, I think that's why he gets so frustrated after some of these games, because I know he talks about it. It's such a big part of their film room and their internal meetings is these, these finite details of executing and, and, closing out games and so um it's got to be got to be frustrating i know it's certainly frustrating for for fans to see some of those uh, those mistakes down the stretch but this team is growing they are learning they've been put in some tough circumstances and and i believe i really believe that they're going to get better and you know going down the stretch against really good teams in the big 12 you have to you have to make plays and you have to execute and because the, these good teams, they just make you pay. Any room for daylight, it's like they they can go three six nine in the last couple of minutes and and be right back in it. And so, um, I hope it gets better. Mark Pope said after one of these disappointing losses, it's a young group, so the guys don't know what it takes to win on the road yet. We're going to have to get punched in the face and beat down a little bit to learn. Unfortunately, that's how you learn. And we are in that process. 
Is it? I'm not going to say this is an excuse, right? I mean, there's so many responses post game. You're talking about so many different things, but some BYU fans look at this as okay. Well, we've been talking about how young this team is all season. Is it? Is it a valid excuse in mid February in West Coast Conference play versus a six and fifteen Pepperdine team? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just trying to be practical and pragmatic about my this approach here. It's like. From your perspective, is having a young group, and I, I don't know if it truly is, maybe the core future group is young, but is it a, a valid excuse in February, mid-February versus a sub-500 West Coast Conference team on the road? I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I'm with you, Ben. I I don't like making excuses. Um, you know, you're looking for some re- some reason, I guess, and some justification maybe make yourself sure. feel better but you know it's there's been some some just head scratching losses where it's like guys what what happened here you know the the road trip um in january where they go to santa clara and lose and go to san francisco and lose like i feel like they they lost some of their fight and identity in there and um, I, you know, you're right. There's no excuse for, for losing and it should hurt and it, it shouldn't be okay. Um, and so you, you, you go back to the drawing board and you're fighting for ways to get better. But I, I think going back to that quote that you talked about with Pope, um, there's a price that has to be paid to win games and learning what what that price is, mm-hmm. um, it, it can be a very painful process. And you know, we one thing that we always talked about growing up uh, in my my career, high school, felt like I had to learn it at every level. Even like going back to junior high, it's like what, every game is a new game, and yeah. whether you win a game or you lose a game, like you have to hit the reset button and the urgency has to be the same every single game. You have to bring the fight. I mean, especially in college, like I don't care. I don't care if you're, you're ranked 300 in the net rankings. Like there's good players on that team and they can light you up at, at any moment. Uh, I think basketball is a little different than, than say football in that regard. Like there's good players that, that can get going fast. I mean, Pepperdine, for example, they're bottom of the league, and you know they they're getting some NBA looks with a couple of guys, uh, and they they let guys get going, and the momentum shifts. And if you're not ready to play, like you can, any team can can be you. That's why there's so much magic in in the NCAA tournament, right? Yeah. Love that perspective, Ty. I got one last thing before we let you go. Appreciate you joining us today. As always, I always learn something from you. Uh, you know, I begin to try to diagnose. Look, I'm not a basketball player, uh, but I begin to try to diagnose and, and treat this BYU basketball team. And, and, and I don't really have an answer, right? I, I don't know if there's um, some deficiencies with, like, let me start off with this. Like, foundationally, work ethic, practice, repetition. Like, are guys, like, in the gym, like, day in and day out, like truly trying to 
master their individual craft to help the team collectively. They, there may be deficits there that I just have no visibility and transparency with, right? I think that there's an element there. Um, basketball talent and personnel. Like, I, I look at the talent, the physical athleticism of this BYU basketball team. I'm like, like I think it's similar to like what we have typically in a BYU basketball team. And you'd have to correct me if I'm wrong in that, but like I don't think we always have like these extremely long athletic dudes that are just dominant in a combine uh, format, right? I think there's some similarities to other teams that we've, we've seen and watched in the last decade or so. Are there coaching and scheme deficiencies in putting the players in the right position to make plays as well? Pope is still, I think, somewhat of a young coach, still learning what works for him and his uh, his staff. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I I, I kind of throw that out there to you, maybe to kind of open up the door for a conversation. But because those are the three elements that I look at. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thought. Uh, you know, when you were talking, I I was reminded of a time my my freshman year in high school. We were we did not have a good year. Uh, yeah, I got I got some varsity time. Um, we were coming off a state championship year with Jackson Emery the year before. I was an eighth grader taking stats on the bench. But they made a run in the state tournament, won the state championship. So we're we're the defending state champs. And my whole freshman year, we finished the year with a losing record. I think we went nine and twelve, and didn't make the state tournament. And had a bunch of really close games. And you know, it felt like we were right there to getting over the hump and being a good team. And I remember having conversations with my with Quincy with Quincy and my dad and and, and some other coaches and ha- having to face the harsh reality of like hey guys maybe we're maybe we are further off there's mm-hmm. some unanswered questions here and what what are the gaping holes that we need to address and that we're you know, are maybe being covered up by, hey, yeah, we're young, we're these excuses we're making. Um, you know, maybe, I don't know if that it's the exact case with this team. Um, sure. I, I definitely think I agree with you. The talent level on this team is is right on par, if not better than some of the talent in years past. Um, but I do think losing makes you look in the mirror and and really fight for some answers. And so I think the UA team will have to, to do that and, and really question, yeah, it, it, you go back to the drawing board. Yeah, am I, am I putting enough time personally mm-hmm. to work on my game? Am I paying the price to, to help my team win in the offseason? Am I putting enough time in the film room yeah, there's something schematically that, you know, this this specific group of 
guys needs to be doing, right? Is there stuff we can change from an offense or defensive perspective? Yeah, you 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 start to evaluate all those things. And I like I I'm a big Pope believer because of what he did with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, every off season he was so detailed in the stuff that we would break down and the stuff he would have me do. I mean I he would have me he's like Ty get your notebook and I want you to watch every single shot that you shot this season and, and chart where it came from. You know, was it off one dribble? Was it off two dribbles? Like detailed stuff of every single play. And then we're going to work backwards on the plan we're going to create. And so like, I just believe, I, I really believe that even though there's some dark times right now, like, he's going to come out of it and I'm confident Pope is is the guy and he's a few there may be a few pieces that they need to add or change um but I I I really feel like they're going to come out of it and uh and BYU's going to get back on the right track now I'm with you I love it I was I had this conversation with someone yesterday in fact I said look I never doubt the work ethic the passion the sense of urgency that Mark Pope has and and if everyone in that basketball program had can match that, if they can try to keep up with it, if they're a step behind that, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. then we'll start to win more basketball games. Like y- you got to match Absolutely. it, and, and, and it's tough. It's tough to keep up with Mark, and it's tough to execute in that way. Not everyone is has that sense of urgency. So uh, I don't know what that answer is to bring everyone up to that level of work ethic, but. If you if you can keep up with Mark, we're going to start winning basketball games. So I'm right there with you, Tyler. You're, you're great stuff. Love chatting with you, man. Hopefully this BYU basketball team can figure it out as they head towards the West Coast Conference tournament. Uh, they can finish strong. Thanks so much. We appreciate you joining us today. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Tyler Haas, one of the greatest to have done it in BYU Blue. In the uh, there's the pregame and postgame show. On BYU TV with Jaron oh, yeah. Jordan, yep. so does a great job. And Ty, Ty, the reason I asked him that question about making the right play at the right moment is because ever since Ty was a freshman, he was the guy being counted on to do that. Sure, like I saw him hit so many big shots in high school. I saw him hit so many big shots at BYU in clutch situations, and and that's I think if you look at all the things that BYU right now has to get better at, making good plays in critical situations, I think, is the biggest right now because they've shown physically that they can compete with anybody. Yeah. Like, if you can compete with Gonzaga twice and St. Mary's at home, games they should have won, had it in their hands if they yeah. made a couple of more plays. So they're, I, I, I'm with Ty. I don't think they're that far off, but there is that. It's a pretty big step to make to be able to make those plays as opposed to other teams making those plays on you. Um, and, and I talked to him, and we asked Ty about the, uh, the the game against Gonzaga in the Marriott Center where BYU didn't match up and, and Strother hit a big three. The next the next time they, when they played a big game was St. Mary's, and that was a possession that was similar in that St. Mary's had the ball basically in the last possession, and they were much better, Mark said, in making sure they got done defensively than they needed to do. The problem was Mahaney hit an impossible falling off his back foot you know, from 28 feet. Oh, the Pepperdine the shots were just trash. And, and I felt bad for BYU basketball. Yeah. And Pepperdine was just a team. They're very talented. 
when they put it together offensively, they're very difficult to defend. And once they got, I mean, that guy, that one dude, the six eleven freshman kid, he scored thirty points. He hasn't scored thirty points in his whole career practically, yeah, and he had that kind of a game. So those things will happen. But I feel like the team's learning. I, I just feel like they've got to make a step and win some of those close games against good opponents for them to make that next move. Yeah. Bryce, you want to chime in on anything that you heard, anything that uh, you know about this BYU men's basketball team? All right, we're going to go to break. Coming up next, Cougar Insider Report, uh, the Sports Business Journal podcast with Marchand and Aaron. Uh, went into depth on the latest on the Pac-12 TV negotiations. We'll delve into that next. This is Cougar Sports on ESPN 960. You're listening to Cougar Sports with Ben Grinnell, and it's time for a Cougar Insider Report. Now let's get that proprietary inside scoop on Cougar Sports from Grinnell. Welcome back, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. This is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Grinnell, broadcasting live from our Wasatch Medical Clinic, wasatchmedicalclinic.com studio. Stop living with ED. Live without it today at Wasatch Medical Clinic, wasatchmedicalclinic.com. Com. Darnell Dixon by my side. we got Gavin Lee on the social. We have Bryce Larson behind the glass. It is time for that Cougar Insider Report. Going to get into a, a few nooks and crannies here. Latest on the Pac-12 TV negotiations. Also, uh, Elisha Tuiaki going to be uh, executing, going to be coaching up a remote coaching experience, a remote coaching clinic. Sounds pretty cool. Uh, we'll highlight that. And a couple other news and notes as well. Going to be brought to you by Wasatch Medical Clinic, wasatchmedicalclinic.com. Hit up Wasatch Medical Clinic. If you're suffering from ED, right, if you're suffering from ED, get the spontaneity, the intimacy, the vigor and vim back into your life, reunited, and it feels so good. Free consultation, education, and ultrasound. That's right, free consultation, education, and ultrasound. Give them a call, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. On the March End, and RN Podcast, Sports Business Journal uh, Podcast, they broke down the latest on the Pac-12 TV negotiations. Let's listen in. My feeling is I, we, we had Shanks on last week from Fox Sports. He basically said they're not doing a deal with them unless it's really advantageous. So can kind of – knock them out in terms of really yeah let's deal. let's use a translator there they'll pay pennies on the dollar to, to exactly. get exactly yeah uh my understanding with amazon i've talked to you about this before they don't want tonnage so could they go for the back 12 yeah i think they could but i think that there's a better chance that maybe they save up for the nba nascar um and I don't think that they're going to go crazy. So I think you could end up on Amazon, but it's not, you're not ending up on a streamer. You know, as you know, we think Thursday night football has been successful. I'm not sure if it works as well with the pack 12. Um, you're not ending up on a streamer. If you do, you kind of want to get paid out the nose that uh, I'm not going to say, I, I you never want to say hundred percent. I 99.9% if they am, end up on Amazon, it's going to just be a comparable price that you get from networks. Nothing crazy, uh, you know, where they outbid everybody by a lot. I don't see that happening. And I don't and think here's, they want here's the problem on that, Andrew, is that if they end up on Amazon, Amazon only wants one, one game package, yeah. like a game, a game a week. Amazon only wants the top game. Well, they're not going to skim and give that top game to, to Amazon. That's that's what's valuable for about this package. So they're trying to, to 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 keep that and make you know the second, third, maybe even fourth game available. And so that's that's part of the negotiation that's happening with Amazon right now. And that brings us to ESPN and Bob Iger's comment on the earnings call for Disney. He mentioned Jimmy Pitaro and how they're going to have to be more selective. You talked about that last week. Um, so I don't know if they're not getting ESPN, they're not getting Amazon, they're not getting Fox. 
Oh, could someone like Apple be a wild card? But the problem with Apple is that you're still on a streamer. It's just not as well known. I don't know if that works. And there's just no proof. Even if it works for Thursday Night Football, it's the NFL. It's Thursday night. It's an exclusive game. There's so many elements that you say, okay, you combine with Amazon, the power of Amazon, and how much um, uh, reach they have with all their services, you know, specifically Amazon Prime Video. Does that work? Um, with if you're the Pac-12, does that work with Apple, which of course has great reach? Uh, we're going to see with the MLS coming up if it can make that work. So I don't know if that's really a um, if that would be a home run either. If you're the Pac-12, and then you could maybe NBC, maybe CBS, but I don't see them breaking the bank. Uh, Turner, we just don't really see. It's hard to tell what they're doing. I don't think they're involved. So um, I don't know. Doesn't seem that great. Yeah, and the problem with uh, Disney, ESPN, frankly, is that, you know Disney just announced that they're going to have to lay off a, a bunch of people. Uh, Iger has been very clear about must-have programming and 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 paying for that, and the nice-to-have programming. You know, they're they're not going to pay that much. And the problem with the Pac-12 is if ESPN carries it, it doesn't add a cent to what cable operators or satellite uh, distributors pay for ESPN. Uh, if if ESPN doesn't carry it, they they still make the same amount of money from uh from from, from those distributors. It doesn't drive that. It doesn't drive that part of the business. And it's a it, it's it's. I, I said earlier, Brett, your mark. You know that the, there there was one big deal to be had, and the Big Twelve got in there and got it. And things are not looking great right now for the Pac-12 from a linear TV perspective. They have lots to take in there in that segment, Darnell. Your thoughts. Yeah, I think sometimes we forget just how much the mouse house sort of controls all media and and whatever trends are happening in the media. Yeah, why are you quiet? I don't know why I'm quiet. I didn't turn you down. Here we go. All of a sudden you just dropped. Yeah, sorry about that. Okay, so the mouse house. I think sometimes we kind of gloss over the fact that they pretty much control everything. They own ESPN. Um, and, and, and like they mentioned, they are going to lay off a bunch of people because they aren't making the kind of money they were making a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, so, so whatever trends are going on in terms of, of programming for college sports, mm-hmm. they're right at the top of that. They're at the forefront of that. They influence it. They, they, they make decisions yeah. that impact everybody. And so, um, right now, I think if you're looking at, if you're the Pac-12, you're, you're, you're not getting out of that what you expected because ESPN and Disney are cutting back on those things and trying to figure out ways that they can continue to make a lot of money as opposed to not making the kind of money that they need or want. So so as, as these guys discuss all of the options that are available to the Pac-12 and all the options that are available to college sports, yeah. those numbers are, are different than they were a couple of years ago. They're less than they were. Mm-hmm. And and you kind of have to take, you know, swallow your pride and get something done so you have some way of being seen. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard for presidents of universities who are so proud of the Pac-12 and the Conference of Champions and the things that they do, to take less than their competitor. And that's what they're faced with right now. Uh, Bryce, why why don't you chime in on this? Uh, You cut up the sound for us. You've listened to this. Uh, We've been talking about it. Give me your thoughts on this, and then I'll I'll bring up the caboose for the Cougar Insider Report. Yeah, no, it's just interesting to to see – kind of the negotiations going on with you know cbs and tnt now backing out of it uh where the pac-12 can turn for these things now that they kind of have to go back to it seems like if they're going to get a deal done they have to go back to espn and what's going to happen is 
that deal that ESPN initially gave them that uh, they didn't want to take is what you know that's probably going to be taken off the table and they're going right. to they're going to lowball them and yep. so <laughs> they're going to be stuck with something that uh, you know they should have just taken the first offer from ESPN but uh, I think Klyovkov obviously could have you know he thought that opening up negotiations and kind of having a bid on it would would give him more but do you think it was Klyovkov or do you think it was the university presidents that shut that down or the NDAs yeah, that's that's tough to say yeah that's tough to say yeah I, man I I, th- I think I think it's the leadership I, I wonder if Klyovkov may have come to him like this may be the best deal we can get um I can feel good about this and everyone could have just shut it down I, I think that's feasible I think that's probable in fact um I, I think that that's probably what happened, but that's my opinion on the matter. The one other uh, thing I wanted to point out before you go on, though, um, <laughs> is that he mentioned there uh, Amazon doesn't want to put a lot of money into it because maybe they want to save up for NASCAR. Could you imagine losing a bid to for Amazon to NASCAR? Yeah. Well, your college football. You think more people will watch college football? But I just thought that was funny. NASCAR's pretty big, man. It's a that's a show that the. The spectacle of, uh, I mean, I don't watch it, but being live at an event I've heard is phenomenal. Never been, once again, just speaking from secondhand, thirdhand experiences. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of there's a lot of, uh, of people that love their NASCAR. Anyway, a couple other things. I, I, I'll finish off with this, right? Um, it's dire straits for the Pac-12 right now. As you mentioned, Bryce, they're going to come back to the drawing board, which will be with ESPN, and ESPN's going to give them an even lower offer. And then they're going to couple that with streaming rights, probably with uh, Amazon getting a game or two, maybe. You know, it's kind of that second-tier game. But I, that's what they that's what they ideally want to do, but they'll probably end up streaming on ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> that's my prediction, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, other news and notes. I don't know if you saw this or not, okay? Very interesting news coming out of USC's NIL world, okay? Um, sources. This is from Pete Nakos of On3 Sports. Boulevard LLC, the USC-aligned NIL collective, has shut down day-to-day operations. The Tommy Group launched Wednesday. Another is building up to launch. What's to make of the current NIL collective scene at USC? This is going to be happening across the nation because no one has figured out a way to create a sustainable model for NIL. Because most human beings that have made a lot of money don't like to just burn money. They don't. They don't just like to throw money and just like, oh, yeah, this is great. Love to just throw 100 Gs at something that I never really get any sort of return on investment. And furthermore, when you're not winning games after you spent a hundred hundred fifty million dollars whatever it is that they're spending you're like well what is what am i spending my money on like you you got the five-star talent darnell why can't you do anything with them why can't you do anything with them like texas a&m i mean they got money to burn they got plenty of that oil money oh they didn't money. get that they didn't get that dub they didn't get no dubs and then everybody left I was like, we're out. Transferring out of that program than anybody in the country. We out. Culture, baby. Culture. Um, Yeah, you you can't buy wins, apparently. You need need more than just a good NIL NIL collective. Interesting stuff here. All right. Uh, 
Flash thing, BYU basketball poll today. What do you think is the biggest issue with this BYU men's basketball team this year? Is it just being a young team? Is it like the raw basketball talent, personnel, and athleticism of the team? Is it the work ethic, individual practice habits, and reps of these te- of these kids? Uh, coaching, scheme, putting players in positions to make plays. Your final thought on this, Double D, before we go to break. Man, it, it is so hard because part of me is like, okay, it, it's late enough in the season where they should be better at certain things. So you wonder at some point, when does it transfer from the players are young and they're not doing it yeah. to the coaches aren't getting it done to make them? Sure. Right? There's there's a there's a line there. Where is it crossed? Yeah. Is it crossed in the last three games of the regular season? Mm-hmm. I mean, as a coaching staff, they got to examine what they're doing. And, 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 you know, coaches look at this is how I've always done things. They may have tried to change some things up. They're practicing in the – uh, the the married center annex. They're practicing in the married center. They're changing up certain drills. They're doing everything they can. Mm-hmm. And there's some teams, and I've seen this happen at all levels, where you're just not reaching them in the way that you need to reach them for whatever reason, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, it could be leadership at the student well, level. Yeah. It could be it could be that they're checked out mentally. Yeah. It's just been too hard of a season. Yep. Um, and, and again, I'm not saying there hasn't been any progress because there has been. There's been progress with this team. I think one of the things that's going to be key tonight is that um, Fusini Troy has not been healthy most of the year. Yep. He's had a knee. He's had an ankle. He's had a hamstring. Mark said this is as healthy as he's been all year. Okay. He, didn't, he did not have a good game last time they played Santa Clara. He had six points. Mm-hmm. Part of that is because Santa Clara is huge. And for, for Fus, an undersized post player, to excel in the game, he's going to have to be creative. He's going to have to find ways to get to the basket, even with a seven-footer guarding him. Mm-hmm. But my point is, they've they've made some some progress, but you know the young excuse doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And Mark Pope knows that. When he was on the post game with the after Gonzaga, he was saying, "Man, we've had this conversation before. I'm going to say the same things yeah, I always yeah. say." And I know you guys are tired of hearing it. Yeah. But what else can he do? Yeah. He he's invested in these guys. They're invested in him. And, and we're seeing progress, but it's not really been enough. And, and at this point, with three games left in the season against three teams that beat them in the first half yeah, yeah. of the season, it's going to be a rough go this next couple of weeks heading into the conference tournament. Chime in on it. I'll put it out there. We'll go to break. Coming up next, uh, we'll delve into yet another interview. Should be a fantastic one with Bill Conley. He put out his Big 12 football preseason rankings, uh, his SP Plus rankings, Texas, looking at – uh, number one in the Big 12, number nine overall. OU, number two, TCU three, Kansas State four, Oklahoma State five, Texas Tech sixth, Baylor seventh, UCF eighth, Cincinnati ninth, Iowa State tenth, West Virginia eleventh, Houston twelfth, Kansas thirteenth, and BYU fourteenth. Um, and so we'll we'll check out those rankings. I mean, when you consider it out of the 14 teams, they're all in the top 60, 65 in the SP Plus rankings, which I think bodes well for Big 12 football going into 2023. Should be a tough conference as well for the Cougs year one. Let's go to break. Bill Conley coming up next. College sports. This is Cougar Sports on ESPN 960. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.